Hello and welcome to another episode of Whose Team Is It Anyway? In the host chair this week is, of course, myself, Eddie from the Rambling Jar blog. And I'm joined, as always, by first off, producer Andrew. How are you this evening, Andrew? I'm wonderful, Eddie. Uh, again, pleasure to be back. Uh, we've had a good positive reception from the first few. So, yeah, looking forward to this one and uh, looking forward to hearing our guest as well. And our other host is Sasa Hans, known better to his family and friends as Scott. How are you this evening, Scott? Yeah, I'm very good, Eddie, um, and I'm very looking, very much looking forward to this one. Very excited. Yes, I think you both speak for all of us there when uh, you say very excited. It's a very special episode for a number of us, and probably some of the listeners as well. Joining us tonight, we, this guest played as a striker for Perugia, Udinese, Bologna, and Rangers, to name but a few of his clubs and made an immediate impact on signing for Rangers that I don't think anyone would have ever expected and probably we will never see again. I'm talking, of course, about the one, the only, Marco Negri. Latino Heat! Chica, ¿tú quieres probar a un Latino más? Hi Marco. Italy. <laughs> Hi. How are you? Va bene Marco, come stai? Tutto bene. <laughs> Was raining today in Italy so <laughs> strange day today, like uh, all days in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Scott snuck in a bit of Italian there that he didn't know, tell us all that he knew. Fair play to him. Poco italiano. <laughs> <laughs> So just briefly for the, the listeners, um, hopefully most of you have been listening from the start, but anyone that's new to tuning in, I'll just explain about the format. So each week we have a guest on who will submit their all-time 11 to one of the panel. This week, Marco submitted his to me. We'll then give hints for each player so the other two panel members can attempt to guess the player. And then once they've both had a guess, our guest will explain who it is that they've picked and why they've picked this particular player. I'm really looking forward to tonight's, Marco, because... I don't think I'm giving away too much of your team here, but some of these players you will have played with yourself, and it'll be nice to have that little personal touch. Am I right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got some good, uh, good uh, story about some of them. <laughs> Excellent. Can't wait to hear it. So first off, I'll just let the boys know the formation. It's a 4-3-3, which I think pretty much everybody's gone for so far. Um, and we'll start off with our goalkeeper. So this goalkeeper played for Oldham and Man United and has scored one goal in his professional career. Andrew, we'll go to you first. Oh, this will be fun. Um, so Marco, you may not know, but the rest of the audience will know. I'm crap at this. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm, I'm drawing a complete blank here. I have no idea, unfortunately. Okay, Sasa. I'm going to say it's the one and only, the goalie, Andy Gorham. Marco, do you want to put them out of their misery? Wow, I, exactly. The big, big goalie, the best goalkeeper that played at Ibrox Rangers. Well, uh, amazing, amazing guy, great character in the dressing room and uh, great, great goalkeeper. Funny story because, uh, you know, I used to play with uh, uh, Italian goalkeeper, uh, always uh, good tan uh, with the grease on the hair, uh, good looking. 
And when I arrived uh, at Ibrox, first game, uh, and I saw uh, Andy Gorham took off uh, his uh, front teeth uh, and go on the pitch. So I say, hey, this is strange for me. Hey, come on. <laughs> it's different level. But uh, then, you know, on the pitch, uh, he, he was just special because uh, he, he was uh, unbelievable uh, between the post, uh, very reactive, uh, very, very good reflex. And then, uh, you know, he, he could kick uh, the ball. Uh, right now, we see in uh, modern football, you know, the goalkeeper playing with uh, the, the ball uh, because it's like an extra man. And uh, already in the 90s, uh, when uh, he was playing, Andy could uh, play with uh, a long kick uh, and uh, very accurate. Uh, so he was, uh, he was already a keeper uh, uh, pointing on the future. But uh, uh, I, I want to uh, uh, just uh, tell you that uh, the secret of... Uh, uh, that kind of team, uh, the Rangers team that won uh, nine in a row was uh, the dressing room. Uh, and uh, Andy Gorham was uh, really, really a character, a big, big part of that dressing room. And, uh, you know, a good dressing room uh, brings, uh, brings home uh, a lot of trophies. And that was the case of that Rangers. So I think there's not going to be much arguments, and I'll come to the other panel there, but I think that's a tremendous choice, Marco. And just when you're talking about um, being able to kick the ball out and his accuracy with the ball, it just reminds me of a funny story from Andy Gorham himself where he talked about an old firm. Exactly. He kicked <laughs> the ball and it hit Paolo Di Canio. Exactly. When, when Di Canio was complaining to the referee, he kicked it and hit him again. <laughs> no, but uh, the funny story is uh, that uh, he kicked the head of uh, Paolo and uh, I know also Paolo, and Paolo was, uh, you know, a very nervous player. <laughs> so he was shouting at him. But the second time, time uh, he kicked the ball, but he didn't want to, to touch Paolo. But the ball <laughs> went to Paolo. <laughs> so it's a funny story because uh, really, really, Paolo was raging against Andy <laughs> that time. So, Scott, what's your opinion on that pick? Um, I'm surprised personally that it's taken four episodes to get Andy Gorman as a pick. Um, <laughs> one, of, one of the world's best at the time, certainly to say that we had him at Ibrooks and um, from meeting him personally as well, I can I can understand where Marco's coming from. A big personality, not just ability, but he had that fight and that desire, and that's what wins you trophies and gets you over the line. Um, so, no, thrilled to see that, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see he had a, a good impact on Marco as well. It's nice to hear that, um, that he's had such a, a positive influence on some of, some of the players that have came to Ibrox. So, yeah, Marco, uh, Andy is yeah up there with the greatest of all time for me, so very pleased to see him on a team. And Andrew? Yeah, I lo- love this choice. Uh, Andy Gorham's a legend. Um, you know, there, there's the fact that Rangers fans now still have a debate about whether he is the best ever keeper to play for Rangers. Um, I think it's even sacrilege to suggest anyone else could be any better than him. Um, yeah, uh, quality choice. No complaints there whatsoever. For regular readers of the blog, I think Andrew just took a shot at me for even suggesting McGregor might have overtaken Andy Gorham now. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll move on to where two centre-backs, so we'll 
first, oh, sorry, we'll move on to a right back. Um, and we're right back that Marco's picked, played for Fortuna Sittard and Zenit St. Petersburg. Scott, I think you're next to take the, the guess. I'll be Fernando Rexon. And Andrew, do you want to guess any different? Uh, as soon as you said uh, Zenit, that, that was my prediction as well. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is Fernando Rickson. We'll let Marco explain that one. Well, uh, you know, uh, a stranger uh, for, uh, for the legend player, you say the gone, but never forgotten. And he passed away a few years ago, but uh, I still uh, want to remember uh, Fernando on the pitch. Uh, great warriors, great fighter, uh, always pushing uh, all the teammates at uh, the great level and uh, a desire to win on the pitch uh, and uh, a passion for the for the t-shirt so he was uh, uh, also a great great guy outside the pitch and uh, you know but what uh, it touched me a lot of my heart is uh, you know the how how he, he had uh, how he fight also his heel uh, during the the sad days. Uh, I've been playing uh, a, a lot of charity game uh, for him. Uh, a big, big, uh, a massive one at Ibrox with uh, forty thousand people uh, paying tribute at uh, at Fernando, and that uh, show to. To all the world uh, that uh, he was respected. Uh, he is a legend. He always will be uh, for the Rangers fan and uh, also for uh, the teammate. Because, uh, you know, Fernando was a teammate. Uh, he had a similar story with me and uh, with also the other teammates uh, because he had uh, the passion. He grew up uh, playing football and uh, just with the passion for the best game uh, in the world. And then uh, suddenly, uh, very young, uh, you know, he catch a bad, bad heel. Uh, and uh, he let you think, uh, because I was thinking, he was fit, uh, he was uh, training every day, he was doing a professional life, and then something bad happened. So I let you think that uh, something happened something bad and sad that can happen uh, to everyone and uh, but uh, now I want to just uh, also remind everyone that he was a great great player uh, a great uh, right back uh, that he could fight every ball uh, but also playing an aggressive uh, attacking uh, game and uh, with uh, good technically and uh, he was also a very very good character uh, in the dressing room and also for him uh, there are a lot of stories <laughs> outside the, the pitch uh, and all the Rangers fans knows uh, <laughs> something about him and uh, a big big uh, respect for uh, Fernando Rickson. And that's what I love about this show is Every person that's come on has a, a different um, ethos to their team. And obviously, I, do, I don't think I'm speaking out of term when I say Fernando wasn't the best right back to ever play football. But for you, he, he had that personal touch and he was, a, he was a very good player who always gave his all. And and then that personal touch is just gives you something extra and that reason why you, you want to have him in your team. 
he was a character on the pitch and off the pitch, as uh, Jordan would probably be able to attest. Um, and on that, we'll come to you, Andrew. How do you feel about Rickson? Uh, yeah, I mean, we um, we when we've been talking through these teams uh, with previous guests, we've 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 kind of touched on personal life and we've touched on their on-field stuff as well. Um, Fernando is uh, is one of these players who I think you could say always gave 100% um, when he was playing. Absolutely. You know, he's the kind of player you'd love to have in your team because he'd always give you, you know, that passion, um, which you'd love. Um, plus, you know, um, uh, a guy who uh, who is always thoroughly entertaining, I think, uh, for right and wrong reasons off the pitch as well. And um, as Marcos touched on there, you know, his... Um, I think the the courage and bravery that he showed in the the kind of later years of his life, um, yeah, I, I don't have a single problem with this. One hundred percent backless choice. Scott, I think Andrew summed it up perfectly there by saying the, the character on and off the pitch and a, a player that you would want to have beside you, um, and not only just that, again, the the bravery that personified him on the park, he also showed in his later years. So I think Andrew summed that up perfectly. Um, for me, the two standout memories is silencing Parkhead uh, seconds after the second half kicked off, and uh, I'd definitely say that free kick up at Petodre. They'll they'll certainly live long in the memory of every Rangers fan and fondly for every every fan that remembers Fernando. So yeah, a great pack and no, nice to see that he had such a, again another good effect on Marco and a good friendship there. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad we got to mention his strength in the the latter days because um, motor neurons disease is a absolutely tragic tragic condition for anyone to have. It's something that's quite close to me. There's no particular family members had it, but I've known people that have suffered from it, and uh, a couple of sports stars that I've liked in, in both in football and in um, NFL have had motor neurons disease. And actually, it would have been about ten years ago. I did a a cycle from Glasgow to Inverness. Uh, 200 miles um, to raise money for motor neurons disease and raised about two grand um, towards my local uh, motor neurons disease charity down here in the northeast Um, so it's something that yeah it's definitely personal for Marco there but also I guess for all of us as well having seen the struggle that he went through and the battle that he put up it's it's a nice personal one for us all so Thank you for picking that one, Marco, who gave us a, a nice uh, conversation about someone that was a great player and showed a lot of strength. I think it's worth mentioning, Eddie, as well, that uh, Rangers and Hearts do have something planned for the Scottish Cup final uh, in memory of both Fernando Rickson and Marius Aliukas. Um I think that's been posted several times on social media, so maybe just tell fans to keep an eye out for that one because uh, I'm sure both clubs will be looking to raise a, another good bit of money for a worthy cause there. Thanks, Scott. So we'll move on to our first centre-back. And this centre-back played for Tottenham Hotspurs. He also amassed 61 caps for his international team and scored six goals. He has also played for other clubs, but I'll not point them out just now. Andrew, who do you think it could be? Ah, da-da-da. Um, this is probably going to be a silly guess, but I'm going to go with Gaza, maybe? Gaza at centre-back. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm completely lost, aren't I? Uh, then, no, I don't know. Sorry. 
Can you tell I'm keeping track of some editing notes at the same time, right? <laughs> <laughs> See if I get beat tonight, by the way, Andrew, your editing's going to be brilliant. Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm going to take guesses. That's Goffy. It is indeed Richard Goff. Marco, do you want to just tell us a little bit about Richard? Wow, the perfect captain, uh, you know, Richard, uh, and uh, the perfect uh, uh, loyal professional player that uh, shows uh, to everyone the way to 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 dress uh, in the right way the the blue jersey, you know, and it's very important because uh, uh, always uh, uh, Rangers is about uh, tradition. Uh, and uh, you need the players in the dressing room that uh, show for the uh, foreign players and to everyone that uh, comes to Ibrox uh, the way you must uh, you must live uh, at Ibrox is uh, you know when you are a legend uh, means that uh, you played uh, for uh, a lot of, of years for uh, for a club in the right way, and uh, you won a lot of trophies. Uh, Richard uh, uh, won a lot of trophies, uh, played uh, like a captain uh, for so many games, uh, and uh, also after his career on the pitch, he was uh, a perfect ambassador for the Rangers uh, football club around the world. I did a lot of uh, convention, uh, when uh, former players uh, meet uh, the, the fans around the world. Uh, I did in Las Vegas, uh, uh, in Canada, in Thailand, uh, and also in uh, Australia. And, uh, you know, and uh, he always been there. Uh, also in, the, in, uh, in some years, uh, like the recent years, when the the Rangers Football Club was struggling after being uh, relegated and uh, been, uh, he's been just uh, a point for everyone, for every fan that the club uh, was there and the, the club, uh, the Rangers, uh, was back on track as soon as possible. So, uh, to me, Goffey is... Uh, a captain uh, and uh, a man uh, that just uh, uh, is uh, is the Rangers, uh, you know, is the Rangers football club uh, to me means uh, Richard Goff. Thanks. I don't think there'll be many disagreements from either of us or any of us, all being Rangers fans. But I'll hand it over to the boys. So Scott, you first. Absolutely no disagreements with a word that Marco said there. Uh, he, he's the captain. He, I think for anybody that grew up in the nine-a-row era, like myself, Richard Goff, your captain, that's that end of. And I like to hear what Marco said there about him understanding the traditions of the club and making sure that everybody fell in line with that. And you had your shirt and tie on, whether you're going to training, whether you're going to the match. And it's something about our club I love. And like you said, Goffey personified that. The amount of times we've seen him with a headband, bleeding, the last ditch tackles, the big, never shirked anything in the air. Um, a, a marvellous leader. And uh, just, just to ask Marco a wee question, did, did Richard train the way he played? Did he go into everything 100%? Because he just seems like that type of player. Uh, he would train Absol- as hard as he played. Absolutely. And uh, he was just, uh, you know, putting the standard on the high, high level, you know, because... Uh, he was just uh, 
showing the way you, you have to training and to live uh, with the ranger stop. And uh, if you were a little bit down of this, this standard, uh, it was just going <laughs> to tell you something always. So it was a, a point for every, every player at the club. I don't imagine any different, so no. Thanks for that. Um, absolutely no dis- dis- disagreements for me here. Always my captain, Big Richard. I think he also still keeps himself in enough shape that he could lace up the boots if we asked him to right now, to be honest. I think he does triathlons and, and stuff like that now. Um, Andrew, anything to add to that? No, I mean, absolutely no complaints about uh, Goffey as a captain. Um and uh, and yeah, 100% fitting for this team. Uh, yeah, yeah, a guy who's still synonymous as just the captain, in much the same way that Andy Gorham is just the goalie. He is the captain, and uh, yeah, 100% uh, along agree with this choice. So you've kind of nicked what I was going to say there. I was going to say so far three picks in, we've got the goalie and the captain. Uh, I think this team's coming along quite nicely. So we'll move on to Goff's partner in this uh, back four. Now, this is the first member of the team, but not the last member of the team, who's won a World Cup. And this person also has played for Perugia. So I think it's over to you first, Scott, for a guess. A Perugia centre-half who's won a World Cup. Um, I'm just trying to think errors, so I'll probably go for somebody who won the 2006 World Cup. Uh I'll have a stab at Cannavaro. Okay. Andrew, do you want to take a guess? Um, I do. I'm going to guess Chilene. Okay, so you're both along the right track. It is an Italian centre-back, but this is a man who is featured in another team. Marco, do you want to tell us who it is? It's Marco Materazzi. Aha! Marco Materazzi played also for Inter, for Everton, and um, I picked him up because uh, I played with him uh, in Perugia, and he was very, very young. I was uh, the star of that Perugia, (laughs) but, uh, you know, he was very close uh, to me, and... uh, he, he had uh, already, he was 20, 21, very, very young. Uh, he was not uh, playing regularly, but he, he showed uh, really, really every training, uh, you know, like uh, the desire to show everyone that he could uh, play at high level, uh, desire, passion. Uh, he could play 100% for every ball uh, at training, at the game. Uh, so he was not very talented, uh, you know, like a skill and everything, but a great, great uh, desire. And uh, the most important thing at that time in Perugia, when you had, uh, after the training, when uh, you had uh, a, a small, uh, small uh, match, uh, was uh, picking him in your team. Uh, so you were sure uh, to be fit uh, for Sunday <laughs> because... Uh, he was already very, very aggressive also in training. But uh, then uh, I'm also very happy because he won everything uh, with uh, Inter, uh, International, you know, the triplete, he won the World Cup, he won everything. But uh, I'm uh, 
he's still the same guy that uh, I knew a long, long time ago. Uh, very humble, uh, and uh, he's still the same guy. You can have a chat, uh, a laugh, uh, a, a dinner uh, out. So I'm very uh, proud also that uh, he, he's been uh, on the top of the world, uh, football-wise. Excellent. So I will go over to you, Andrew. Any opinions on Matt Razzi? Yeah, it's not the first time he's uh, come up during this podcast. Um, but yeah, he's um, he's 100% uh, a great, great centre back. Um, yeah, no, no issues at all. Um, again, I, I think similar to, to some of these other guys, uh, someone who um, would always, uh, you know, be a warrior for his team. Uh, and yeah, no complaints about this one. 100%. I know you've played together at Perugia, eh, Marco, but another thing that links you is you were both signed by Walter Smith to come over and play in Britain because he signed exactly. in for Everton. Exactly, exactly, yeah. But, uh, you know, I want to be solid on the back. Uh, if you if you understood my team, uh, I want to be solid because if you think about uh, golf and uh, Materazzi, it's, it's tough, eh? <laughs> I, I, th- I think this this back, I, I mean, the three out of the four that we've had so far, no one's getting past this easily, you know? This is a this is a, hot, a nightmare to play against, so it looks great. Just, just you wait, Andrew. So, uh, wait Scott, for the next one, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, what's your opinions on Materazzi? Um, yeah, I think I said before, um, I remember him briefly at Everton, maybe not the best spell in the UK, but I remember him at Inter Milan and... and Outstanding player for them. I um, I didn't I, I did not know he played with Marco at Perugia, so it's a, it's a nice one for me to learn. Um, but as you said, a very fiery player, somebody again that never gave you less than a hundred percent. And yeah, just he's got that like sort of shit house element to his game as well, where he knows how to annoy people and be that centre half that gets in your head. And no, I, th- I think he's an excellent pick. And pairing him pairing him with Goffey, I'm, I'm in agreement with everybody. That's I like the thinking, Marco. It's a, it's a very Italian, tough backline uh, defend and get a goal on the counter. But it's uh, yeah, it looks tough. Okay, we'll move on to left back. So for this one, I'm not going to name any clubs, but I will point out he has 126 international caps, seven goals, and has won the European Cup slash Champions League five times and is number three on my all-time top list of players. Andrew, would you like to have a guess? I know we discussed your particular top uh, list here, Eddie. So, um... we have to, I, I say it because we've discussed this player before because I highlighted the fact he was number three then as well. Oh, OK. Um, clearly, I should be paying more attention, obviously. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, unfortunately. I'm I'm, I'm crap at the uh, the international statistics at the best of times anyway. So, yeah, I'm going to pass this one over to Scott, I think. Scott? I think it's a, a clever move because he was very capable at left-back as well as centre-half. So I think I'm going to go with Paolo Maldini. It is indeed an excellent choice by Marco here. Marco, do you want to tell us a little bit about Maldini and why you've picked him? Yeah, of course. Uh, in, uh, so far... I pick up a lot of players I play with, and then uh, I, I I wanted to pick up uh, one uh, on the back, one on the midfield, and one on the attacking uh, part, uh, uh, like a best player I played against. Uh, 
So really, Paolo Maldini uh, is a legend in Italy because uh, he played uh, the en entire career with just one top, AC Milan top. So the, that uh, show the loyalty and uh, and everything for uh, for the club. Uh, and uh, I think uh, this kind uh, this kind of player. Uh, uh, are not anymore in the football, uh, and this is sad. But uh, you know, and uh, he's uh, a legend because he's a uh, he's a uh, uh, he's being a, a a massive massive player. I played against him uh, four five times. I scored uh, two two times. Uh, one in Coppa Italia and one uh, in Serie A against uh, against uh, him, and uh, and that uh, ma makes me proud, you know, because uh, if you are a striker, uh, you know, you you wanna just uh, show everyone that you are good enough to play in a in a great great match in uh, in Serie A or in football, and uh, when you got against. Uh, some of the, the best defender in the world ever, you know, that uh, make you proud because that means that you are also a good player. And uh, he, he was he was uh, very, very tough on the pitch because he was aggressive, he was uh, fast, but always, always fair, really fair. And uh, always give it 100%, but uh, uh, never, never trying uh, to offend uh, some other, uh, some other uh, players. So, so uh, I pick him because he was also a winner. He won everything, and then uh, makes the difference between a, a, a good player and a, a legend, you know, and. Uh, to me, Paolo is a, is a really, really a legend and uh, someone that a young player must uh, take like a, like a, a target, you know, football-wise. Andrew, got anything to add about Paolo Maldini? No, he's pretty synonymous with uh, you know greatest ever Italian defenders. So um, yeah, no no issues with this whatsoever. Uh, he's a fantastic choice, and yes, uh, highly fitting for this back four as well. Uh, this would be horrible to play against, so it works 100%. I mean, you've got to say you cannot see many goals being conceded with a back four like that, and, and the not, goalie not... just behind them. <laughs> no, not easily. Not not without uh, you know limbs being taken. So yeah. <laughs> Scott, anything to add here? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, Paolo Maldini, probably one of, the, if if not the greatest defender ever, one of the. I, I would agree with you, Eddie. Certainly in my top two or three. Um, I, I like what Marco said there. Um, not a, an offensive player, not a, a dirty player, just a very very intelligent player. Could read a game excellently. Positioning was always on point. Good in the air, great tackler, great pace. Never just dived in. So. Uh, yeah, an absolute role model for any player playing centre-half or left-back and a wonderful addition to the team. Absolutely loved Paolo Maldini. Right. If you thought that back four and goalkeeper were great, wait till you see this midfield. So the first of our three midfielders played for Perugia and FC Sion. I think you're up first to take a guess, Scott. <sighs> I'm... 
FC Sion. We, we get any goal stats or anything for him or that? Or any trophy stats? I'm trying to think I, FC Sion. No, no, no. no you, you'll get it. Don't you worry. No, no goals, but a lot of trophies. <laughs> um, <laughs> was he sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit? I don't think I've ever seen him be, or would ever describe him as shit. I definitely wouldn't describe him as shit to his face, that's for certain. Gennaro Gattuso? That's the one. Oh, I didn't give Andrew a chance. To guess. No, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty confident that was the guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Marco, tell us a little bit about Reno. Well, another player uh, I played at a very young age because I was at Perugia. And uh, he was very, very young. And uh, at the time, uh, he was uh, taking my bag to the bus, uh, to the other stadium, because, you know, the rookie, the young one, uh, must take the bag uh, to, the, to the old one in the, in the Italian Serie A. But uh, then I played with him also at Rangers. And, you know, uh, I remember him like a great, great guy. And it's not uh, so easy to leave uh, Italy and uh, move uh, to Scotland, sign up for Ranger and, uh, you know, uh, and try a career abroad. So he had uh, really uh, a big, big gut to do this kind of move. And then I remember he was just a special player because he was uh, 17, 16 years old. He was just kicking around everyone uh, and uh, training, uh, training uh, at the games. Uh, I remember he's being booked one time. We played uh, at Rangers at home and uh, he's been booked after 21 seconds. And you know, sometimes in Italy, when you are booked after 21 seconds, uh, you get uh, some stick or some boo. And no, no, uh, Rangers fan was just happy about that. Uh, he was just uh, uh, saying, uh, Rino, Rino. And, uh, but he was also a really, really funny guy because he couldn't speak uh, English uh, so fluently. So he just pick up uh, some uh, bad words and uh, so like, uh, you know, Gaza and other players uh, were teaching him some bad words. So was the, the week was uh, of Wanka and everybody around him was Wanka, Wanka, Wanka. So it was really, really funny. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, then uh, but it's, uh, I'm proud also about him because he won everything. He showed uh, the world that, uh, you know, if you are, uh, you got passion uh, and uh, you work hard, uh, you can reach the top of the world. And then also that uh, I'm happy because uh, he was uh, the coach of AC Milan. So I phoned uh, to him. I said that I wanted to go to Milanello to say hello to him. And he was... Uh, He's, the, st- he's uh, the same guy, you know, that uh, because uh, he was uh, a, g- a guy with the heart and, uh, you know, he's still uh, the- speaking always uh, with the heart. So we had uh, a great chat. Uh, we have been together uh, one day at Milanello and he was very, very kind, you know. So that uh, makes the difference uh, between uh, some guy that uh, stay 
stay humble and some other guy that uh, maybe fly a little bit uh, too much. And uh, Reno is always, always uh, with the feet on the ground. I think you've uh, summed up Rangers fans and particularly our relationship with Reno with that story about him getting booked after 21 seconds and us all chanting his name. We love a crunching tackle from a player to start a game. Absolutely exactly. love it. <laughs> and he, Reno is a player that we all took to our hearts, even though he was only at the club for a short period of time. We've always viewed him throughout the rest of his career as one of ours. Um, so I, I think that's another outstanding choice. So Scott, um, I know is probably a player that you, having been of a similar age to me, will be a big fan of. Absolutely loved Reno Gattuso. Um, loved him throughout his whole career, whether he was with us, whether he was with uh, AC Milan. Certainly, I think he was integral, an integral part of that Italian side that won the 2006 World Cup. I certainly remember a, a nice few crunching tackles. Uh, I think particularly against Australia, he got a boy stretched off and never even got a booking. Um and then a guy who sticking up in Joe Jordan, <laughs> I think you've got to be a special kind of brave and hard to do something like that. So, yeah, um, as you said, I think his, his, his fight, again, another battler, but a player with a massive ability. Um, and just, just to let Eddie know, um, I, I was certainly not referring to his playing career when I was saying that sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. I think, I think I, Andrew I might have the... <laughs> Andrew May of the club. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Can I just say on the, the George Jordan thing, that um, only just made me love Reno even more because as a Welshman, having seen George Jordan previously diving to get a penalty for Scotland to stop Wales qualifying for the World Cup, he's not particularly a, a person that I'm a big fan of, so Gattuso getting a bit of revenge for me there was enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, anything to say on Reno? Uh, not much to add. Uh, yeah, I loved him as a player. And uh, yeah, he was absolute quality. Um, again, there's a theme here. Uh, a complete warrior. Someone you'd love to have in your team. Someone you'd hate to have in the team opposing you. Uh, great choice. Great choice. Okay, we'll move on to the second of our midfield three. So, Andrew, you're first to have a guess. This midfielder played for Real Madrid and Juventus. Hello. Has one World Cup and one European Championships to his name. Sorry, did you give me that one more time? Uh, I think I cut out briefly for a second there. Sorry, he played for Real Madrid and Juventus. Has one World Cup and one European Championships to his name. That'd be Cristiano Ronaldo. No. Scott? He's becoming quite synonymous with the podcast. I think it's going to be Zizou. And I think with that selection, we've got our own Lee Boyer, Kieran Dyer moment <laughs> in this team. Marco, That's tell a... us about why you've picked Zidane. Uh, because he is the best uh, midfielder I played against. Uh, you know, he was playing uh, with Juventus. I was playing at Perugia and Serie A. And uh, it's strange because he was doing uh, a lot of uh, skills, uh, a lot of stuff uh, with the ball, uh, like the roulette, you know, when uh, he's, uh, he's taking uh, the ball uh, with uh, um, the low foot uh, and uh, just uh, so elegant, uh, so effective. Uh, and 
I played against him. Uh, I also scored against uh, uh, that uh, that uh, Juventus uh, when I, we played uh, uh, at Perugia. And uh, you know, I was playing, uh, and uh, I was I was uh, you know fighting to win the game, but uh, also looking at this guy, you know, and uh, I was telling myself, hey, I'm here, uh, I'm not paying the ticket, uh, you know, like the fans, uh, and uh, I'm uh, in the best seat uh, of the stadium to watch uh, this guy. And uh, he was, uh, you know, different uh, from anyone. And uh, um, uh, great, great uh, midfielder, because he could run, uh, and he had... uh, uh, you know the genius uh, of uh, of football. You know, just uh, seeing uh, on the pitch something that uh, the other one uh, couldn't see. And uh, let me think uh, about uh, how it would be playing uh, with him. You know, because for a striker having someone like Zizou on the back, uh, you know that uh, some room service uh, is coming for you and uh, just waiting outside the box. But uh, really, really great, uh, great player and uh, proud and honored to have the chance to play in the same uh, same pitch. So I think it's incredibly hard for anyone to make an argument against the Dan. So let's see. Scott, do you have an argument against him? Absolutely not. I think I've said every time he's appeared, they would also appear in my all-time eleven. Absolutely wonderful player, and I, I think I've waxed lyrical about him every time he's come up as well. But a wonderful player to watch, uh, both at international and club level. Uh, I think just nice to hear Marco obviously had the the experience of playing against him, and you saw when you see somebody like that in the other team, you wonder how how do we go about stopping this guy's. He's on another level, and I certainly think he was on another level to the majority of players in the world during this time. Um, absolutely fantastic player. Um, I can't say any more about him, just wonderful. Andrew, anything to add? No, I mean, uh, like Scott said, it's not the first time he's come up on uh, when we've been doing these pods, and uh, yeah, he's a, he's a quality choice, 100% fitting for this team. Um, yeah. Great, great choice, and uh, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, another warrior to uh, to have in the midfield there for sure. What I like as well about this team is you know you've got such a rock back four, and then Gattuso absolutely dominant in the midfield that Zidane can just be free to be Zidane and do whatever he feels like, and you know that he's someone who, when he has the freedom to express himself how he wants to express himself something special is going to come along so this team gives him that perfect opportunity we'll move on to the last member of we're midfield three and this player played for tottenham hotspurs and middlesbrough and has one fa cup to his name we'll go to you first scott with the jordy genius paul gascoigne andrew do you think scott's right or i i think i think he just might be yeah <laughs> Yes, of course, it is uh, the hero from where I live now. Um, absolute joy to watch for all of us growing up. Absolute genius of, with the ball, who I imagine is going to fit in perfect with this midfield. But let's let the man himself, Marco, discuss exactly why he's picked Gascoigne into this midfield. Well, uh, best player I play with, uh, uh, a genius. Uh, I think uh, after uh, 
Uh, Johan Cruyff, the Dutch player, I think is uh, the most uh, 360 midfielder in the before the, the 2K, and uh, because he could run, he could pass, he could uh, dribble, he could uh, score goals, he could uh, score on free kicks, uh, he could uh, tackle, uh, he could uh, pass, uh, do great passes uh, through the defense. Uh, and uh, really, really uh, a great, great player. And, you know, uh, like uh, uh, you, I've been lucky because uh, you know the, the worth of a player if you got the chance uh, to training every day. And uh, when you are in training, uh, you see the pure uh, value of a player because he is free. Uh, to play without pressure, without, uh, you know, the, the free points and everything. And I, I really saw on the pitch uh, Gaza doing uh, some uh, great, great stuff. Uh, like before you said, uh, I made uh, a lot of goals, uh, 30 before uh, Christmas. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of goals because I had, uh, you know, Gaza on the back. And uh, when you got Gaza, you know that uh, something good uh, during a game is coming. And then uh, the best part uh, was outside the, the pitch. <laughs> uh, Gaza, we, we, we were very, very close because he played for Lazio, so he could speak uh, Italian. So we, we, we matched uh, as soon as... Uh, as we met, and uh, you know, we, we spent a lot of days also outside uh, uh, outside the pitch, uh, and he was funny. He was a genius. Uh, uh, he was a, a really really good guy. Uh, I remember I remember the first time we went uh, in the hotel before a game. You know, it was a a dinner time. Uh, you know, in Italy. When is the dinner? Uh, uh, you have uh, to show in uh, in time on time because uh, if not, you are fined. Uh, you must dress in the same way. You are very strictly, you know. Uh, the first time we were in the Motaus in Glasgow, so we were in this big hall uh, with the sandwiches, uh, fruits, water, and everything. So the elevator. Just uh, opened the doors uh, and Gaza was uh, outside this elevator in the uh, in this hotel uh, with just the underwear and the white beads, uh, no socks, no flip flops. He was uh, just entering the the hall, bringing some sandwiches, uh, some fruit, uh, putting in the underwear, and just uh, say, "We see tomorrow, guys." Ciao, 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 tutti. <laughs> so I told. Uh, to myself and to the Italian players, hey, something's wrong here. But then, you know, the next day he was just playing like a god in the on the pitch, just making uh, making uh, unbelievable uh, plays uh, with skill and everything. So Gaza could do everything, really everything. Another time we went uh, hunting at Glen Eagles and. Uh, we went, uh, you know, to, to do some hunting with uh, big, big uh, eagles. Uh, so the guy put uh, two eagles in the car uh, 
and we went uh, to a forest uh, and during the travel I was uh, sitting in the front, he was sitting on the back uh, and the guy was driving and during uh, the 10 minutes uh, to go to the forest uh, he just took uh, some uh, chips and some sandwiches that was uh, for our uh, for, uh, for us uh, and uh, it just started to give uh, to the eagles. So when we arrived to the forest, uh, the guy that was very proud of the best eagles uh, in, uh, in the UK just took off uh, the eagle, but the eagle, uh, when they had some food, uh, they are not going to fly for one week uh, because they, got, uh, they are plenty, you know? And so the guy was just uh, saying to us, hey, I'm sorry, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong. And Gaza was just laughing and watching at me. So the guy went back to Glen Eagles, took another two eagles, and then uh, this other two was uh, was alive and kicking. <laughs> so, but that was Gaza. Really, I got uh, great, great memories of a great player, of course, but also of Gaza on the pitch, but also of Paul outside the pitch. I think I remember that story being in your autobiography as well, actually, Marco. Yeah, um, of course. Of course, and some some other story uh, you you can't tell in a book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think sure. um, an, another fantastic um, choice for your team, a, a player who not only loved by Rangers fans but obviously any club who's had him there. I think I'm sure even the Lazio fans were in love with him as well. And I know where I live now in Newcastle, he's still very well thought, uh, thought of. Um, and I can just imagine the chaos him and Rickson would get up to on a night out and Andy Gorham add into that as well actually for this team and um, if this team were to go on a night out the three of them would probably be causing chaos um, Andrew anything to, to say about Gaza? No I mean again it's not the first time that he's come up um, when we've been doing these pods um, he's a fantastic choice um, very fitting for this team uh, this will be a cracking team I think already and um, yeah, he's, um, you know, a legend on and off the park. Um, I had the very, very good fortune, uh, the recent Rangers Legends game, to uh, spend, you know, only a couple of minutes uh, talking with him. And he's um, he's still got the same uh, kind of spark and verve uh, for life as he, as he always has. So he's, um, yeah, 100% fitting for this. Um, and uh, yeah, great, great choice. And Scott, do you want to explain to us why you hate Gaza? I do not hate guys on the slightest. I love Paul Gascoigne. <laughs> um, no, just just touching on what you said, Eddie. Uh, every club he's played for, the fans have fallen in love with him. Uh, I don't think. I think we were fortunate at Rangers that we definitely get the best out of him. I, I, that's a personal opinion, but I feel we get the best years out of him. Um, and when he said Glasgow Rangers, I'd love to go back and do those years again for the rest of my life. That's we, we wish he'd went back and done those years for the rest of his life, but uh, wonderful player, and again, as you said, uh, very highly thought of. I, I took a wee detour on my trip home from Leipzig, and uh, we were talking to a few Geordie boys, and yeah, they certainly they certainly still love Gaza in the North East, and I don't see that ever changing. He was, was one of their own, and for us, he's one of our own as well, so yeah, great pick. So we'll move on to the forward three in an already stacked team. So first of the three, we've got a player that played for Bayern Munich and AC Milan, has won Champions League and won European Championship to his name. Now, I think we're on to Andrew for this one. Oh, good. 
<laughs> um, okay. Um, do we, do we get any stats there, Eddie, or is it just Bayern and AC Milan? Um, well, I just give Bayern and AC Milan, but I can give you his international stats if that helps. That every little helps. Any any, okay, any little hint. <laughs> Eight, <laughs> eighty-two caps and twenty-one goals for his international team. Is it uh, Lewandowski? Okay, we'll move to you, Scott. Um, I'm struggling to think of a player that's played for Bayern and uh, AC Milan in that era. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try... Mario Mandzukic. Okay, I'm going to put you both out of your misery. I'm very disappointed in both of you. The answer is, of course, God himself, Brian Laudrup. Oh, man, of course. Oh, shoot me. Marco, do you want to tell us a little Absolutely bit about what it was me. like to play with God himself? Uh, what an amazing player, really. Absolutely. Uh, uh, when, when you think about uh, crystal, uh, crystal class, uh, you know, uh, you think about uh, Brian Laudrup. And he was funny because uh, usually... No, without the ball, uh, you run uh, faster than uh, with the ball. Uh, for uh, this, uh, this kind of thing uh, was not not for uh, Brian because uh, he he had a pace uh, that uh, was really fantastic. Uh, he was uh, was just playing for the team. Uh, he was uh, the perfect teammate. Uh, and uh, he's really, he was a really, really tough uh, player to play against uh, because uh, you knew that the move uh, he was doing, but, but you couldn't stop him. And uh, if you watch uh, some, um, some video about uh, Rangers time, uh, uh, you, you can see something unbelievable on the pitch. And uh, if... I, I can think now Brian Laudrup uh, playing uh, in this modern football uh, when, uh, you know, the attacking player uh, cannot be touched uh, or uh, if you touch them, uh, it's yellow card, uh, you know. It's something uh, that uh, is illegal, you know. It could be illegal, Brian Laudrup, uh, in the modern football. So I don't think you'll get many arguments from any Rangers fan at all against having Brian Laudrup in your team. My particular favourite story about Brian Laudrup is one that Richard Goff, uh, another member of your team, um, told in one of his interviews where he said when Laudrup had first signed for Rangers, they were, I can't remember if it was training or a match, but he, I think it was a match. He'd kicked the ball up to Laudrup and it had gone over his head and Laudrup hadn't bothered chasing it and he'd gone over, like Richard had started shouting him for not chasing it and he'd gone up to him and said, Richard, Richard, what are you doing kicking it up in the air? This is football. Play it to my feet. So then uh, Goff was a bit annoyed at that and was like, right, I'm going to show him. So the next time he got the ball, he rifled the ball as hard as he could at Brian. And Brian just took it down with absolute ease, turned and ran with the ball and then turned back to Richard afterwards and said, see, Richard, that's more like it. Ball to the feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was, uh, you were out right about the tone uh, of the voice because it was always calm, uh, always different. Uh. 
So, Andrew, <laughs> any thoughts on Brian Laudrup? Um, I'm very upset I didn't get that one because, yeah, um, Brian Laudrup ruined wingers for, you know, generations of Rangers fans because every winger that Rangers have had since Brian Laudrup is never, ever going to be as good as him because uh, he could do everything, you know. Um, he, fantastic, fantastic player um, and absolutely beloved, rightly. Uh, he's, um, yeah, fantastic as a choice for this. Um, because they, this team isn't going to concede nothing. Um, and with Brian Laudrup as one of the three up front, yeah, it, it, there's no no issues at all about scoring either. And Scott? Um, yes, I've, I went on mute there for five minutes just to absolutely punch myself for not getting that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in, in my notes, I've just marked down God. Um yeah, he was the greatest player that's ever played in Scotland for me. Uh, greatest player to ever pull on a blue jersey. Annoyed I didn't get him. Totally repping for getting his time at Bayern Munich. I think if you'd have said Fiorentina, I would have got you. But um, no, absolutely a joy to watch. Uh, Jim White, the infamous interview. <laughs> How are you so good? Um, and I think for me, probably one of the stories I've heard was that uh, I think it was Durante and Charlie Miller doing a night, and they were talking about he was making absolute meat uh, the the left fullback at Dunfermline, and the manager's just screaming at him, just saying, "Come on, he's doing the same thing every time." And I think the defender just lost the plot by that time. He shouts back at his gaffer, and he just says, "You fucking come and take it off him, then I can't get anywhere near him." <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that summed up what most of Scottish football felt about him. And as Marco said there. The amount of bad tackles that went in, and he just rode it. He, he, he would get round them, he'd go over them. You could try and sight them, but you couldn't get near them. And that was, was so good about him. And yeah, uh, absolute god, and for me the greatest greatest player to ever play for Rangers. And an absolute gentleman. Um, I, I remember him handing Tom Boyd back his boot after embarrassing him one time. That was lovely. So we'll move on to the second of our forward three. Now, I'm just shuffling the order slightly from the way you've sent the team, um, Marco. So don't be surprised at this one. But the second of your front three is actually my favourite ever non-Rangers player. We've now, Laudrup was my favourite ever Rangers player. We're now having my favourite ever non-Rangers player. This guy played for AC Milan and Inter Milan. I'm not going to give you any more stats than that. Scott, do you want to take a guess? El Phenomeno, the original CR9, or no, Cristiano, sorry, R9 Ronaldo. Andrew, do you think he could be wrong or right there? Um, given my track record so far, I'm going to guess that Scott's probably got this one right. So, yeah, I'm going to go along with that one. <laughs> yes, it, it is, of course, Ronaldo. Um, absolutely magical player and another one of those that if injuries hadn't hit me, might have been even better, which is unreal to believe um a guy who was just phenomenal but we'll let marco tell us exactly why he picked ronaldo for his team well uh, uh ronaldo is the player uh, up front uh, that uh, i didn't play with him but uh, i played uh, against him and uh, i was a striker and uh, to me ronaldo has been the best striker uh, uh, of my generation, and uh, you know, he was just uh, fast, uh, skillful, uh, uh, cold uh, in the box, uh, uh, could score goals, uh, 
uh, you know, with the right, the left, uh, the header, and uh, just you could play alone up front, uh, just uh, treating all the defense. Uh, um, it's been a pleasure, uh, you know, playing uh, in the, on the same pitch of him. Uh, and uh, another level, you know, is uh, if I was a striker, uh, he could do another job. <laughs> he was uh, just uh, from, a, from another planet. Uh, and uh, he won everything. Uh, he was just uh, uh, the striker 2.0. It uh, was uh, something different. Uh, and uh, it's a shame uh, that he had a lot, a lot of injury because uh, we had uh, the best uh, from him uh, just for uh, maybe four, uh, four, five seasons. But uh, then uh, a lot of injury on the knee and uh, on the legs, uh, I think just uh, stopped uh, the best striker uh, I ever seen on a, a football pitch. Okay, Scott, we'll come to you for your thoughts on Ronaldo. Absolutely. No objections from me at all, Marco. Uh, and the greatest striker I've ever seen in a football pitch, I agree. I know we always talk about the Messi-Ronaldo debate and I look back at the original Ronaldo and feel that, like you said, had it not been for injury, that it wouldn't even be a debate that they wouldn't be getting near him. Um, I remember him, I think the first time I really got to see him play was with that Inter Milan side. You're talking some of the great players, eh, Pagliuca, Bergomi, Zanetti, just starting out quite young there, Yuri Jorkaev. Eh, and then I remember him up front with Zamorano, eh, the Chilean international, uh, a young canoe, eh, Alvaro Recoba, and just it was a joy to watch. But I mean, even when you look back at the pitches that he played on, <laughs> they were they were cut up. It was like playing in a farm some of the games. And he just the, the ball stuck to him. He had pace, he had power, both feet good in the air, ridiculously strong. Um, I, I can't say enough good things about Ronaldo. Um, and yeah, obviously he's, he was the face of that 2002 World Cup in Korea, Japan, where he, where he finally got on to get the trophy. I think we all thought he deserved in his career. But uh, yeah, the, the original Ronaldo is my all-time my all-time worst haircut choice, but my favourite player. I mean, I'm just surprised it's taken so long for someone to pick him. It's, I was expecting him in every team so far. But, Andrew, any thoughts on Ronaldo? I mean, zero complaints about his inclusion. Um, yeah, he, he's an absolute legend of the game, and rightly so. Um, yeah, <laughs> if we thought uh, Laudrup was going to help uh, with the goal scoring, uh, I think Ronaldo certainly helps with that. Um, yeah, it, Definitely quality choice, um, 100%. So, you know, speaking... That, oh, that, yeah, no, just uh, the, the last thing about Ronaldo. If you watch uh, some uh, of his goals uh, during the career in Real Madrid, AC Milan, Inter, Barcelona, after the goal, uh, you can see the defenders that uh, are just uh, watching uh, between them uh, it just opened the arm, like say that what I can do is not my fault. Is uh, so that means that really was uh, another level. And uh, also for him, like Laudrup, uh, just think about uh, putting Ronaldo in this football. 
not a different football, but a football with different rules. So, you know, VAR, and then you got a yellow card, the first kick. So this guy, it will be legal, you know, in a football pitch right now. Yeah, you're right there. Um, so we'll move on to the final member of the team. Um, and Andrew, it's your guess. The only clues I'm going to give you is he played for Rangers. His goal-scoring feats will probably never be repeated. And during his time at Rangers, there was the odd rumour about a bit of mischief with the ladies. Can you guess who it is? I mean, that, that those guess, those uh, clues kind of fit a number of uh, Rangers strikers, to be honest. Um, let's go with Ali McQuist, shall we? Okay, Scott? I'm not going to disagree with that. Okay, Marco, do you want to tell us who your final member of the front three is? Well, I, I needed uh, some goals, uh, a penalty box player, so I pick up uh, the best penalty box players uh, that ever played uh, in Scottish football. You know, Ali, uh, he was uh, really different uh, from uh, the other uh, other strikers in Scotland because uh, he was just uh, smelling the blood on the box, uh, just uh, living for the goals. Uh, I was also a penalty box player, so I really, really appreciate uh, Ali like a player uh, because uh, you to score uh, like uh, he did uh, more than 300 goals, you must have a gift, uh, you understand uh, because uh, he knew already when the ball uh, was going uh, and uh, he was just uh, instinct uh, on the on the pitch. And then uh, when you see the face of Ali when after uh, scoring a goal, uh, especially in all the film games, uh, you see the joy of a boy that uh, play in uh, in a garden. You know, he was just. Uh, happiness uh, and uh, um, makes makes you love you the football and uh, also a great great guy uh, outside the pitch uh, and a great guy in the dressing room just uh, I remember my first season was uh, his last season and uh, when I was at Typrox my first months I couldn't speak uh, and understand uh, English, also because in that dressing room, uh, the language was uh, the Glaswegian and not the English. <laughs> so I missed a lot of jokes, uh, really, because between him, uh, Durant, uh, and Goram and Gaza, <laughs> was something uh, to have a fun also outside the pitch. But Ali really uh, was a goal machine. And uh, in my team, uh, you know, with uh, Brian Laudrup, Gaza, and uh, Zidane, I need someone that stand uh, like a shark in the box. Uh, and uh, for me, Ali is my man up front. Yeah, uh, again, uh, you've given us a team here, Marco, that I don't think you're going to get many objections to whatsoever from the panel. But I'll, I'll hand it over to Andrew first. Also, Andrew, can I just check? Is this the first time you've guessed a player right? It is this time, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, that, What's the scores, George Draws? <laughs> Scott, I think you've got about eight to my one. It's so, yeah. eight, eight one tonight. There you go. Lovely. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I think uh, you ask a Rangers fan their views on Ali McCoyst. I think the only objection would be if Ali decides to be the player manager for this one. Um, but, you know, <laughs> he's a, um, a cracking choice for this team. Uh, there, there's goals all over this team already. But if you add Ali McCoyst into the mix as well, um, there's no danger. Um, yeah, I don't think this is uh, going to be a team that concedes a lot. And I think it will certainly be a team that scores a lot. Um, Ali is a player. There's no question he'd, um, it, you know, bangs goals in for fun. Um, just on another level when it comes to goal scoring. So, yeah, cracking choice. Excellent choice. And Scott, what else can be said about the judge? Uh, the judge, as soon as he's old, old one for him, always in the bench. Uh, Ali just, I, money, I think he was on every, especially in our area, he was on every boys, every Rangers fan's wall growing up. I think he was in every Moz wall as well, to be fair. Um, but absolutely loved Super. Um, can't, I think I think now as well, I think we're getting to see he's getting more of a love in globally, the amount of people that love him as a commentator and a pundit. Um, and I think you can't teach that type of patter that he's got. He's, it's the same as his goal sports scoring ability. You can't teach it. I think Marco knows that. There's to be a six-yard box player, you need to have that natural instinct and eye, eye for goal. It's a gift, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Ali had it. Uh, and no, can't can't say anything bad about Ali. Absolutely love the man. Um, I think I still want to just give him a cuddle if I ever met him. But I did meet him before and I gave him a cuddle. I was a wee boy, but a bit, a bit different coming for a man in his 30s now, maybe. I think probably every man in his 30s that he meets wants to give him a cuddle, to be honest. <laughs> Great memories. So can I just say that team is absolutely phenomenal on the pitch. And I imagine with the some of the characters you've picked in there, they would be absolutely phenomenal off the pitch as well. Um, from Gorham to Rickson to Gaza, Ronaldo and Ali McCoyst and um. um um, led to believe that Loudrup liked himself a bit of a night as well, him and Gorham on the wine um, <laughs> so it's just an absolutely great team, um, I think they would be brilliant on the pitch and brilliant off the pitch together as a group of people as well so um, there's not much left for me to do other than to thank my fellow panellists, first I'll thank you Scott oh, Thanks very much thoroughly enjoyed this one Eddie and uh, Marco can I just say I think the panellists here are going to be having a bit of a fight over who gets to choose this team for one of the final episodes. So uh, this, I think this has been my favourite team so far. And I'll thank Andrew. Uh, yeah, I'd absolutely echo what Scott said. It's been uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Marco, going through this team. Um, some great stories from you as well. So really appreciate you taking out the time. And uh, yeah, this has been a, this has been an absolute pleasure. I'm going to add, because I arranged this, I'll be taking Marco's team to the panel. Thank you very much. Um, and a massive thank you to, to Marco Negri for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you, uh, someone who I'm not ashamed to say I had your posters on my wall as a kid. Um, I read your book. I've got a signed copy down downstairs in, in my bookshelf. Um, so to be able to speak to you and have you tell us these stories yourself and to go through your team's just been an absolute pleasure. So thank you very much for appearing on our podcast, Marco. My pleasure, guys, for hosting me and uh, really being a, a pleasure. Uh, always nice uh, to speak about football and memories. And then the last thing for me to do is just thank you, the listener. Um, I hope you continue to tune in and that you're enjoying our Whose Team Is It Anyway series. 
and I hope that you all continue to subscribe. Uh, lots of great pods on there from some of my fellow podcasters as well. And the three of us just love doing this podcast. So keep uh, keep subscribing. Thank you. Grazie mille. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. Grazie. <laughs>